I'm Paul Levinson, and welcome to Light On, Light Through, episode 98. Well, here we are in mid-December 2014, and just two days ago, the 200th episode of Bones aired on Fox Television, and... I remembered that I reviewed the 100th episode of Bones back in April 2010. And actually, for those of you who've been following my written reviews on my InfiniteRegress.tv blog, you may know that I've been reviewing just about every episode of Bones beginning with the fifth season, because I barely had a blog or a podcast before then. So I did put up a review of the 200th episode on December 11th, just a few days ago. But in addition to my written blog, I've also been doing podcasting for a few years. And back in 2010, I had a podcast called Levinson News Clips, in which I did a review, in addition to my written review, on that podcast. So I had the bright idea of putting together this podcast, episode 98 of Light On, Light Through, and first playing my review of Bones from back in April 2010. That was called Two Deep Kisses and One Wild Relationship. That wasn't the title of the episode. That's the title I gave my review of the episode. So what I'm going to do is play that review for you right now. And then right after that, I will give you my podcast review of Bones 200. So I sort of think of this episode as Bones 100 and 200. So here now, my review of Bones 100. Author Paul Levinson. Help me, Paul Levinson. You're my only hope. I'm Paul Levinson. This is Levinson News Clips with a review of the superb 100th special episode of Bones that was on this past Thursday night, in which Bones and Booth kiss passionately, not once, but twice. Once at the beginning of their relationship... That's about a year before we started to see it unfold in the series. And again at the end of the episode on Thursday, which was in current time, that is, the present in Bones' narrative time. And with all of that, Thursday night's episode left their relationship, well, pretty much the same as what it was, what we thought it was before Thursday night's episode, which is to say, crazy about each other, but unconsummated, which is supremely frustrating, but I suppose appropriate to the overall story for the viewers, that is, us. The vehicle of Thursday night's story is Bones and Booth's reaction to Sweets' new book, which is about them. Sweets thinks that if only they let themselves really kiss. Once this happens, the dam will break and they'll give in to their deeply held love, which is obvious to everyone on both sides of the television screen. 
but intent on correcting what Bones and Booth see as this mistaken interpretation, the two proceed to tell Sweets the story of how they really first met. It's a year earlier than he and we had assumed. The story is delightful in details. Cam is still a New York coroner, and she and Booth are a little closer to the time in the past when they'd been a couple. Zach is Bones' assistant. It was a pleasure to see him and his incisively original mind back on the job. Jack is a little rougher at the social edges than he is now, but he's every bit as brilliant. And Angela's, well, she's on the verge of being hired by Bones, and indeed she is, at the end of the flashback. But also in that flashback is the very first kiss. Now, Bones and Booth enjoyed it, but Bones doesn't want to sleep with Booth then because both had a lot of tequila. Now, I've got to say that I've never found that reason very persuasive in a narrative, for that matter, in real life either, but okay. Anyway... Later, after the case is solved, Bones and Booth get into a fight. Of course they do, and Bones stalks away, saying she hates Booth and will never work with him again. This will keep them apart for about a year. Back in our present, Sweets is persuaded that he indeed may have had it wrong. The narrative of the past has convinced him. Sweets and we have to assume the story we've been told is 100% true. I like thinking there's always a possibility that Bones and Booth gilded or otherwise subtly distorted their story. See Alfred Hitchcock on the unreliable flashback. But in a really class move, Sweets shifts from vexed author to loyal friend and shrink and he strongly urges Booth and Bones to take the plunge right now. He urges Booth, the gambler, to make the first move, which Booth does after he and Bones leave Sweets' office. And the kiss? Well, it has the same result. The two clearly love each other, but it's not going to go anywhere, just as it didn't back in 2004. No, not now either, because Bones does not have the same, quote, open heart, unquote, as she tells Booth. She doesn't have the same open heart as Booth. Now, I'm still not completely sure or clear after tonight and all these years exactly what she means. My wife says... It means that Bones doesn't want to risk her current relationship with Booth for a full romantic relationship, because if that relationship doesn't work out, she might not be able to continue their current working friend, love without sex relationship. Well, I guess that does make sense. He's a gambler, but she is not. And I guess that's part of the appeal of the show. Two people who can't live with or without each other. Don't worry, I won't start singing that great U2 song. But I tell you, Bones and Booth are a prime example of that lyric, if ever there was one. 
Booth says he'll have to move on. Now, I don't believe that either. And it's also not quite the case that neither has cared deeply about anyone else since they started working together. Sweet says that to them in his office. But Bones was crazy about Sully for a good part of a season a few years ago. One of my commenters on my InfiniteRegress.tv written blog said, yeah, but she didn't really love him. She didn't want to go on that ship with him. Well, true enough. But she didn't exactly leave him either when they both were living and working in the same city. So I'm sticking to my interpretation that Bones was pretty crazy about the guy. She just didn't want to give up her career for him. In the case of Booth, she doesn't want to have a romantic relationship even if she can keep her career. And certainly Booth isn't asking her to leave her career. And so Bones the Show has somehow managed to develop the characters one more time without disrupting the tension that's the centerpiece of the show, just as the show has done for all of these years now. It's an impressive continuing accomplishment. And I'll be back here next week. Well... Assuming there's a Bones on next week, I think there is. But I'll be back here whenever there's another Bones on with my review of that episode on Levinson News Clips. In the meantime, I'm Paul Levinson. Enjoy. The Light on Light Through podcast. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. Now let's get to my review of Bones 200, which I wrote on December 11th, 2014, and I titled that review, Like Bogey and Bacall. And I thought Bones 200 was delightful. It was the 10th episode of the 10th season. That's a nice round number. And it served up Booth and Bones and all kinds of familiar characters in an alternate 1950s universe in a movie on the big screen. The movie is in Technicolor, replete with 1950s cinematic grand sweep music. Somewhere in the vicinity of Alfred Hitchcock and Bogey and Bacall in vintage, delicious, delivery and style. Booth is a jewel thief, a la Cary Grant, and Bones is a police detective working in a unit under her father, the chief, played, of course, by Ryan O'Neill. Angela's in the department, too, as a secretary, but she manages to fall for Hodgins, a brilliant scientist, anyway, just as he falls for her. The interns abound in various places, and even Pallant puts in an appearance, but presumably not as a psycho-serial killer. You know, maybe this whole episode is Booth or Bones' dream, and that's why Pallant is there. Although I guess if it was a dream, Pallant would have been bad. But anyway, there's also a great scene on a plane, reminded me a little bit of North by Northwest, in which the villain... Cam finally gets her just dessert due to her greed as well as Booth's expert exertions. And I was especially glad to see this, see Cam as a villain, 
since Cam, in all reality of Bones, has been such an officious and annoying character in many of the episodes in the past year or two. Nah, I'm only kidding. I still like our Cam, but it was fun to see her in this role and render her lines with barely a straight face. You know, it's fun to think about how far Bones has come since its 100th episode. You just heard my review a few minutes ago. That was also Hitchcockian, but in a different way, playing on unreliable flashbacks. That episode also showed Bones and Booth in a much earlier relationship and started and ended with kisses, which took a few good years to blossom into their full-fledged relationship that we see on Bones today. 200 was also sealed with a kiss. The first for them in this story, that is, in the story in the movie, in Bones 200, And that was refreshing, too, because it showed our two main characters first falling in love with each other. The 1950s were a good time for the movies. Bones and Booth and everyone fit in just perfectly. And it just goes to show again that Bones is a series for the ages. So, I hope you enjoyed these podcast reviews of Bones. If you'd like to read my weekly reviews, you can find them over on infiniteregress.tv or an easier way of remembering that because there are many ways you can get to that blog of mine. You can just do Paul Levinson, P-A-U-L-L-E-V-I-N-S-O-N dot net. And you'll always find the latest review of Bones, including links to all the reviews of earlier episodes. So, hey, enjoy the rest of the year. I'll no doubt be back here, though, before the year is over. Although I hate to make promises I can't keep, but I should have at least one or two more podcasts before the end of the year. In the meantime, I'm Paul Levinson. Enjoy. The Light on Light Through Podcast. Athens, 2042 A.D. She ripped the paper in half, then ripped the halves, then ripped what was left, again, into bits and pieces of history that could have been. Sierra Waters had read once that, years ago, it was thought that men made love for the thrill, while women made love for the sense of connection it gave them. Sierra had always done everything for the thrill. She ripped the paper in half then ripped the halves, then ripped what was left again into bits and pieces of history that could have been. Entertainment Weekly says the plot to save Socrates is challenging fun. The New York Daily News says it's a Da Vinci-esque thriller. And Curled Up with a Good Book says Sierra Waters is sexy as hell. You can find out more about The Plot to Save Socrates by Paul Levinson at theplottosavesocrates.com.